you know, as Christians, we have to understand and, and be real with where we are. That's what we have to see first, individually. And what where our mindset is and what we desire. Aaron V. Addison's. I think what God is really calling us back to, it's those individual personal revivals in our own lives where we're like, oh Lord, what have we done? We have minimized you. Promoting truth, wisdom, as the church, man, we should be on the forefront yes. of making disciples, of indoctrination and godly things. If we don't train our kids, they will not be able to stand. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Erin Addison's. On American Family Radio, thank you so much for listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And Victory and J-Mac are on tap to help us navigate the show. Today, we're going to open the phone lines up in the last segment. Get your take on uh, what we're talking about today. Uh, today, I'm kind of asking a question and then um, turning right back around and giving, <laughs> giving the answer. I don't know. Sometimes people like that. Sometimes they don't. Um, but my, my question is, why do we talk so much about children on this program? Why, mm-hmm. do, why do we talk so much about families? And why do we talk so much about education and how we protect our kids? And why do we talk so much about those things? I know that there are some people who may um, find it to be a little bit, you know, <clears throat> move on and uh, <laughs> maybe it, a little bit move onable. And, uh, and, and we say to that, uh, the reason we talk about children so much is because they do, hmm. because hmm. our opponents do. They not because only talk those, about it, but they put some action to that. Talking. They've got lots of action yeah. behind it. And we're going to talk about that today. We are going to talk about how we um, have an opportunity to respond here um, um, on or before September 12th. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. But before we get into the actions that we um, can and must take to uh, be vig- vigilant and protecting our kids, I do want to kind of set it up and, and just kind of have a, um, <clears throat> and, and let me just say this, whenever I say I want to have a measured conversation, that is not for anyone except me. <laughs> I say that to kind of keep me behind the gate at the race, you know, because sometimes I get a little bit amped about things and I get upset, um, you know, and, and so I, I think sometimes I lose that um, measured sort of just making those points, um, you know, in, in the huff. Right. And so I think people so like when I say when I, get amped, though. I know. And that's a problem. Like, <clears> that's a on, problem. Mika. Come on, Mika. <laughs> I know it. I know it. That's a problem. I can remember years ago, um, me constantly saying, I'm going to calm down. I'm going to chill out a little bit. And people saying, no, don't, because this is outrageous, you know, and I understand <laughs> it. But uh, sometimes we in programs and I go back and I go, oh, man, tons of notes didn't get to any of that because <laughs> went off the rails. Yeah. Um, anyways, but I, I want to take a moment here and I, I want to talk about um, the importance of us understanding the, the, the grave danger that our children are in in this country and why it's important and why everyone has to care. Like mm-hmm. I just and, and again, I don't want my tone to sound um, assumptive of the fact or of, of the of the idea, the conviction. I don't want to sound like I'm assuming, OK, or that my conviction is that there are not very many people who care. I know that there are quite a few people who care and it's evident it's in many places um, but dare I just say, but there's not enough. Can yeah. I just say that there's not enough people who care? Um, m- many of us think that these things will be outgrown. Um, there are some of us who don't understand the direct attack on the children of America. And, and then I would um, boil that down to um, look specifically 
at Christian children. But uh, but pulling back here, big picture, the children of America. And, and why is that? Because you can shape a nation by shaping the children of Come that on. nation. Come every on. like <laughs> every wicked person gets that. They understand, like, guys, they, 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 they understand, understand generations. They understand the long game. They understand, you know, starting off early. Come you know, on. because the earlier you start, the the more of the palette you have to write on. Write That's on. right. You know, That's right. like, why don't we get this? I, I, I don't know. I think that there is um, there is an uh, enjoyed type of um, apathy, maybe too strong a word, but maybe a, 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 a type of, of bliss in thinking, you know, we're not going to have to deal with some of the things that people talk about all the time. Uh, but the thing is, we're dealing with those things right now. So here's what I want to roll back. And here's what I want to, again, the question is, why do we talk so much about children? And the answer is because they do. And, and, and because they know that children are important and they know that if they can put their finger on, um, wet clay as a, as opposed to clay that's hardened, then they can make an imprint. They can make a mark, they reshape, they redesign. And that's what is happening to Mm -hmm. our children in this country. And if you are honest and you take a step back, so many of you as parents and grandparents and great grandparents, if you are honest and you are vulnerable, you will be willing to say, you know, I really don't recognize the kids of this country. (laughs) I really don't understand what's going on. Now, there are so many who I think are still trying to pretend that this is a little bit like our new normal. Mm. And they're trying to find ways to make this work. And and so um, the the gender identity confusion and all of these things, you've heard it so much, you finally caught on to the terms. And so now you've moved into a place of acceptance. Well, I just want to kind of rattle the cage a little bit and, and say, we must not accept this. We must not affirm. And one of the things I want to go back to is a conversation that I was having with our uh, now 14-year-old Gabby uh, this was about two weeks ago, and we were just just out running some errands, and um, those are always great opportunities to talk. And so I was kind of picking her brain a little bit about um, affirming uh, sin and, and just, you know, asking her some of her thoughts on that. And as we were just kind of going into the grocery store and just talking, you know, um, I, I asked her to help me, um, like, just come into this scenario. I want to paint a picture and then I want you to kind of tell me what would happen. And I don't want you to think about this, even as an adult, I want you to think about this scenario and what this says about God and what it says about his righteous judgment. But then also I want you to think about what it says about our internal knowledge of what is just. Okay. So as we're going into the grocery store, I I asked the question, I said, if I left you in a room, you and another kid and um, maybe you're younger than you are now. And I said to you, hey, don't pull on those curtains. You know, don't pull on those curtains. Uh, I've just now put a prohibition in place. Right. So you could call it sort of like a law. And I said, don't you know, don't pull on those curtains. Mm-hmm. And I and I said, you sat for just a little bit. And then the kid that you were in the room with walked over and said, hey, <laughs> go pull on the curtains. Go pull on the curtains. Just yank a little bit. You don't have to just go pull on the curtains. So now you are tempted to violate the law that I've set in place. Right. You you are tempted to to just kind of blaze past that prohibition. And uh, and let's say, for example, you do. And the moment you go and pull on the curtain, uh, all of the the curtain rod, everything comes down. The second you pull on it, everything just falls down. Right. (laughs) It just it was precarious to begin with. and, And boom, it just all falls down. I asked her, I said, when I walked back into the room. 
And I turned to you and I said, Gabby, what have you done? I cannot believe what what would you do? What would you do? And we were kind of walking through the store at this point and 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 she was she was kind of like, Well, <laughs> I mean, I feel like I would I would say, Hey, but you know, so and so told me, like, I mean, you know, like that, <laughs> even though I would be responsible, I would also I would also point to this other person. And so I said, okay, so now let's think about that in terms of sin. Mm. And let's think about that in terms of Romans 132, where the Bible says very clearly that not only do these people who participate in this list that precedes chapter uh, chapter one verses uh, I, before uh, verse, verse 32, mm-hmm. all of these things, that basically God's case against humanity is what I'm right. talking about. But then you get to the end of that chapter one and verse 32 says, not only do people do these things, but they know they're wrong. Um, they give approval to those who do them. So right. in other words, let's use another word here. It's called affirm. They affirm those who do them. Right. And so I was talking to her about this because I was trying to make the point. I wanted her to understand that there is something that is written on our heart that when God lays out in his word how he judges sin and what his righteous requirements are, he has made a witness for himself in us. Hmm. We have an internal witness. So what happens is if a kid does something that the kid knows they shouldn't do, he or she shouldn't do, but they have been egged on, they have been encouraged to do it by someone else, they automatically, they automatically, okay, think about this. Okay. I wrote this down. Okay. So a kid's internal conviction is to automatically implicate the the one who told him or her to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He told me. Right. She said. The kid automatically <laughs> recognizes that the one who encouraged the wrongdoing, even though the kid did the wrong thing, mm-hmm. the kid automatically knows that the one who encouraged the wrongdoing should also be judged, <laughs> should also be punished, even though that one didn't do it, but just encouraged it. That kid instinctively knows it's written on the heart. It's, it's written on the mind that, hey, justice says the one who told me to do it is also responsible. <laughs> Now, I want you to think about, mm-hmm. we've seen it. Any parent, grandparent, great-grandparent, you guys know I'm all, I'm, you you I'm, know I'm, yeah, that I am I'm telling the truth. I'm just how Adam-like we are. Oh, come on, right? It was the woman. It was, you know, the, it's like it was the woman. The he, he ate the fruit. He ate it. But hey, uh, it was the woman, right? She gave it to um, me. She gave it to me, and I ate it. But think about this, and think about the moment that we're having right now in our country where the encouragement, everywhere you look, is to affirm rebellion against God. It's to affirm confusion. Mm. It is to rob our children of their innocence. And and I want to say this with the weight that it deserves, right? If our kids' convictions continue to be eroded as they're being er- eroded, if they are forced to lie and call it truth, then what we will look back on is we will look back on um, generations of children who will never have known what it is to live in a sane time. Mm. They will, they will wow. never have known. Like they will wow. always have grown up around men dressing as women wow. and that being normal as they read um, to 
you know, three-year-olds, they will always grow up around um, commercials yep. where once they just sold soup, but now mm -hmm. they sell sex. They will always grow up around, you know, it's... it's and that's what's wanted by And that the is the desired outcome. Yeah. Exactly right. That is that is the desired because outcome. Because as it stands now, we can point back and say, oh, we remember times, this wasn't all in our face. And, yes. you know, we didn't know about, as kids, we weren't inundated with this stuff. But there will be a generation, if we allow it to be, you know, like you're saying, normalized by this stuff, and that's all they would have seen. That's, mm -hmm. that's absolutely, man. That's wow. And and so the question then, okay, right? So as we settle into that, and and as that becomes sort of a woe to us, where we're like, you know, oh man, let it not be so. Um, the question is then, what do we do? So we, as the parents, we as the mature ones, um, we as the grandparents and the great grandparents, we've got to um, we've got to be bold on behalf of our children hmm. because they don't have the wherewithal to do it in and of themselves. They are still growing. They are still developing. They are still learning and, and they are still able to be shaped, which our culture understands full well. Right. And so they're still trying to shape our children, but we kind of feel like, well, just, just, that's just kind of, that's just where things are now. Mm. And I really believe that that's been the deception that has existed in every generation, yeah. that there has been um, an unfortunate comfort in the phrase, that's just the way things are now, mm. right? Well, what if we didn't accept that? What if we said, no, that's actually not the way things are and things don't have to be that way. What if we defended our children? What if we stood up for our children? What if we empowered our children? What if we not only told them the truth, but we told them that they must tell the truth? Mm, yeah. What what would that look like? Well, I could tell you, first of all, in your home, things would change and that would be the most immediate um, um, presentation of the change That's right. right there in your home. Right. And in, in, in your 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 four walls kind of a thing that would be the most immediate change. But then it would spread there and it would go out into your communities. Right. Because then what would happen is wherever your feet trod, OK, wherever you're walking, wherever you're going, um, then then what happens is you make a difference there, right? Wherever, wherever you're putting your feet down on pavement, you hopefully are living and standing and willing to die for your convictions. As it is now, we have a lot of people who are um, very like, you know, cornmeal-y. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like just kind of very flaky and, and, and don't mind it a whole lot because they are not convinced that God cares about these things a whole lot. But I've got to tell you that as you read scripture... God cares about these things a whole lot. In oh, fact, yeah. he judges oh, the yeah. world because of these things. It's not just the doing, but it is also the affirming. Mm -hmm. When we get back, I want to draw attention. And, and so many of our listeners have probably heard this already. But in the context of what we're talking about today, I think it's important. I want to take a look at this uh, Florida dad who is suing his daughter's school because she attempted suicide because they socially transitioned her. I'll explain. We'll talk about what that even means. Socially transitioned. They socially transitioned the 12 year old without telling him. And she tried to take her life mm. in the school bathroom. We'll talk about that. These things have consequences. This is not just in somebody's academic textbook. These are real people with real lives and better yet, real eternities. We'll be right back. You know me better than I know myself.
you gotta you gotta admit that that would be sort of like the 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 best type of wicked plan, right? To have people complicit in sin while thinking they are doing a good thing, mm. right? Like to to make them a party to someone's destruction while believing that they are actually not destroying them. I mean that 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 is so wicked. It is so yeah. twisted. It is so wicked, and yet it is where we are in this country, and so mm-hmm. many people are victims of that deception, um, victims of that delusion. And we can't kid ourselves like the Lord is not holding you guiltless because you, your heart gets heavy. Right. You know, what I mean? <laughs> like the Lord is not like, Oh, okay. So, Oh, you just, you feel sad. You can't tell the truth. Okay. Sure. You know, no problem. No. I mean, it, come on. Like think about it, right? Like he, we, we have to tell the truth. What did the Paul say in, uh, in second Corinthians, 13.8, we can do nothing against the truth, only for it. We can do nothing against the truth, only for the truth, right? Mm-hmm. We can't do anything against the truth. Like, what? How, how do we get to a place in 21st century America where we're like, well, but except if truth hurts people, then we don't tell it. Right. Or if, if truth makes a dead daughter or living son, if you hear that <laughs> one more time, scream. It's everywhere, right? Would you rather have a dead daughter or a living son? Come on. I mean, it's ridiculous because because you don't actually have a living son. <laughs> you, you don't. Right. You understand what I'm saying? Right. You, you don't right. have a living son. You have a daughter who is sexually confused. And if you want to call that living, if you want to call that torment, if you want to call that 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 just, I guess torment is the strongest word that is happening in the mind. If you want to call that living, then go right ahead. It might just be a form of existence or form of existing, but come on, this is, this is what we're, you know, so, so I want to go to Florida before we talk about uh, the Biden administration's um, next attempt to, to rob you of your children and rob your children of their innocence and confuse them and put some police in place to make sure that teachers and administrators do things against the truth Hmm. that they, they affirm lies. Um, This is what the Biden administration is, is seeking to do on the department of education. Uh, Not a friend of many, if we all kind of (laughs) are willing to be honest. Um, But I, but before we do that, before we go there, I want to kind of paint a picture um, as to why it's important that we do not have, um, we do not have a public education system that is able to usurp the authority of parents um, certainly it never should have been so, but even more than they are already doing. Yeah. Because let's not kid ourselves. I, I don't want to paint this as a, like, we've got to stop them usurping the authority of parents as if they're not, there's not already a usurpation right. of the parents' authority. What I'm talking about is increased usurpation of parental authority. That's that's where the Biden administration wants to go, the Department of Education. But before we do that, let's talk about the the consequences of doing this. Let's talk about the results or the effects of doing this. Um, the parent uh, is named Wendell Perez and you're going to hear a clip and this is a little bit of a lengthy clip, but please lean in. It's worth listening to everything that he says. It's redemptive at the end. Um, and, and I think we need to hear more of these stories. We need parents who are old school parents. And what do I mean by old school? Goodness. It just means protecting your kids. And that's what I mean when I say old school, just willing to protect your kids. But he's giving testimony in this clip that you're about to hear before the state surgeon general. Um, and, of, and he's his daughter was in a Clay County district school and she was secretly transitioned. All right. His 12 year old daughter was secretly 
socially transitioned. And what do I mean when I say that? Because I know that all of these terms and everything, this is all new. So that means that she chose a male name and used male pronouns while at school and her parents never knew. So the school went along with this. The school encouraged this, the father believes, and kept it from the mom and dad because they are Christians and because they would not affirm their daughter if they knew about it. So the school, while she was there at the school, counseled her in her new gender identity. The school, while she was there, used her new name and used her preferred pronouns. It was not important to tell the parents. It was not important to get permission. It was not important to allow the parents their personal prerogative, their expectation. I would say anybody's expectation that they could get help for their daughter if their daughter needed help. Nope, that's we we don't do that because the school has the, the authority. Right. But then one day their daughter tried to hang herself in the school's bathroom. And then all of a sudden the parents are contacted. Is, and it's always interesting to wow. me. Like it's, it's always interesting to me right. how as long as the parents are, you know, just staying out of it, then the, the school and the parents don't have any problems. The school, as long as the school can do whatever it wants, then it's, it's fine. The parents don't have to know. But, but whenever there is, you know, a real problem, Right. Like your daughter trying to take her life. Where, where are the parents? Right. And I just say this one other thing before we go to the clip. And I've joked about this for a long time now, but it's amazing how, you know, out in the community, whenever the kid gets in trouble, the village doesn't go down to like the police station. You know what I mean? The village yeah. d- doesn't show up at the grocery store for the kid picking up a piece of gum. You know, you remember the, you know, right, old days right. the kid, you got to go down and the kid give it back to Mr. Handy. You know what I mean? <laughs> like the village doesn't go and do that. They don't oversee that. No, it's the parents who do that. The parents are responsible for that. They always have been. They always will be. And yet here we have, we have a school system. They call it a progressive school system that their aim was always to wrestle kids away from their parents. Mm. That was always the aim. This is not like, oh, I can't believe it. Just No, that was always the intent. We were always on the trajectory headed toward, uh, no, they're ours. Yeah. All right, here is Mr. Perez. In January of uh, 2022, I went to um, my daughter's elementary school to deal with a very sensitive incident. My daughter attempted suicide by hanging in one of the school bathrooms. My wife and I were told that, uh, by the school counselor that it happened because of an ongoing issue with her gender identity. We were in shock because our daughter never showed any signs of questioning her biological sex. Um, we were told that they knew about the gender issue due to meetings they were having with our daughter behind our backs. We learned that during these meetings, our daughter Uh, A daughter's confusion was affirmed and validated through the use of fictitious male names and male pronouns. Our daughter uh, was living a double life without our consent or knowledge. She was affirmed and socially transitioned in school. Due to the nature of the incident, uh, our daughter was corrected and taken away from us um, 
with minimal contact for over a week until she was released uh, under our care. As a family, we had to pick up the pieces, uh, clean up the mess, and start a period of painful healing. However, we decided as parents from the beginning that we were not going to affirm the, the, the dysphoria. Uh, we were not uh, going to validate the, a delusion contrary to uh, the recommendation from some professionals in the field. We provided, and actually we did provide it, uh, unconditional support uh, with proper mental health care and non-affirming therapy to our daughter. Underlying disorders like depression and anxiety were properly treated. We removed her from the school environment and placed her in homebound. We brought her back from her confusion. She is steadfast and sure of her gender and the suicidal ideation is gone. Th this semester, actually, she is ready to go back to the brick and mortar school setting. In summary, our daughter was suicidal when she was being affirmed. However, when she was brought back from that state of confusion, the suicidal ideation disappeared completely. Therefore, my daughter's case disproves the current narrative that the lives of children with gender dysphoria are in jeopardy if they do not get affirmed. If you validate one delusion, then what is next? Man, I, I just, Man. I don't know. Man, look, hmm. look, I have to say that, yeah. I mean, that's it ended off on a positive note, but I wouldn't send my daughter don't back. Don't send her back. Into I, I, that I, environment. Oh. Like, that was the means, one of, part of Come the on. means for her, you know, coming to reality, you know. Was uh, being under the care of her parents. Yes. Like, I think that's instructive for all of us Christians, you know, who, who are parents, that we have to look seriously about taking our children out of those environments. And, you know, for, for him to want to put her back, I'm just personally, you know, I just don't think that's wise. But, man, I, I feel like that was part of the testimony that man yes we we didn't affirm that's right praise god that's but right. we took her out and she came home and we were able to like <laughs> disciple her maybe like yes, you yes. Know? <laughs> i mean he said she's steadfast in her identity right like yeah. i mean uh, you know anybody can say steadfast i understand but i i kind of i kind of claim it as uh, biblical terms but <laughs> but let me just say um he he also said we brought her back from her confusion Right. So here she was. She was a victim of this confusion and the public school was affirming it behind their backs. Like the parents were none the wiser. They were just affirming this confusion and the daughter was suicidal. So the parent now, now let me say this because I, I, I am not. And, and when I say this, I'm going to qualify it here just a little bit and explain what I mean. I was watching. I finally got around to watching uh, what is a woman, Matt, Matt Walsh's um, <laughs> documentary. What right. is a woman? And um, very, very interesting. The documentary is I I cannot recommend everybody watch it because some of the language <laughs> is really rough. Yeah, really rough. And um, 
but but he makes grand points and it's very well done, very well researched. Um, mm-hmm. So th- there's that. Okay. Um, featured in the documentary is um, the Canadian clinical psychologist Jordan Peterson, mm-hmm. right? And I have to say this: I want to be very careful here. I am not uh, I'm not anti Jordan Peterson, but I'm not Jordan Peterson bandwagon. And and the reason for that was because I felt like when he rose um, to popularity, so many Christians just sort of like it, it. I don't know. I just felt like it was it was just so grand, you know. And I'm like, hey, but but still. We have scripture. You know what I mean? Hey, we still have the Bible as our final authority. Like we don't need. And so it just kind of caused like a, I don't know, a bad taste. But he said something in this documentary that or in this movie, whatever you want to call it, that I thought was really profound. And I want to kind of loosely paraphrase because I didn't I didn't write down any notes or anything. But Matt Walsh was interviewing him and Matt Walsh asked the question about affirming care. So we hear this a lot. We hear gender affirming care. And Jordan Peterson said in that, you know, in that Canadian accent, you know, basically what is affirming care? He said, there's no such thing as affirming care. He said, by the time an individual gets to a therapist or gets to a person like myself, this is Jordan Peterson speaking. He says, gets to a person like myself, they are asking me to help them with the side of reality that they cannot really tap into. They're not asking me to affirm their delusion. The reason they've come to me is because they have a problem that they're asking me to help them fix. So what what is gender affirming care when a person is confused? And I was thinking about this and I thought one of the ways that our society has gotten around this is that we have removed from this the I don't know if stigma is the right word, but the entire idea, the entire um, medical designation that it that it is a confusion. Mm-hmm. That it is that that it that there is something mental here, right? So now this is this is uh, a legitimate identity is what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. So if the parents if the parents step in and the parents do not affirm, then now the parents are abusive of that child's true identity. Mm-hmm. And in fact, that's exactly what we're looking at with the Biden administration. And these new proposed regulations um, to uh, Title IX um, and the way that that would be viewed in every public school from K-12 on up to colleges and universities. This so if you think about what it is to violate someone's civil civil rights, right, someone's civil rights, and you, you think about what it is to protect an actual and and please, I'm not trying to be offensive here but to protect an actual class of people. When you expand those definitions and you expand those protections to include people who just have feelings about things, then you actually sort of, um, what's the word? I You diminish, you um, trivialize the actual protections as they once existed. Hmm. So if you have Title IX protections that once protected women against discrimination in schools, right, or once protected African-Americans or whatever against discrimination in schools, and now you say we're going to expand our definition of those protections, and it's also going to include people's gender preferences. It's going to include the use of their preferred pronouns. And if they want new names... And so now you're you're violating someone's civil rights 
if you don't affirm their new identities. You're violating someone's civil rights if you don't allow them to use the bathroom consistent with the identity that they are claiming. And this is where the Department of Education wants to go. We have an opportunity to respond. We ought to take it. We ought to take it. Mm-hmm. We'll talk a little bit more about that when we get back. This is Aaron the Addison's American Family Radio. We'll be right back. Life is so This is the question. Welcome back. This is Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. I'm Miki. And I'm Will, and that's Cam, what I see the truth. Open the phone lines here, 888-589-8840, 888-589-8840. Why do we talk about children so much? Uh, because they do, because the opposition does. They have um, ever an eye on our children, and um, the eye is coupled with action. <laughs> so so we have to talk about it, and we also have to be about about action. Uh, it's one of those things that I was thinking as we went to the break, um, you know, when I was asking the question a few years ago, what is hate? You know, mm. when everything becomes hate, then nothing is mm. right. Like when when everything is an act of hatred and everything is, oh, you're hateful because you're not, you know, then then what what like how can you make sense of Auschwitz? Like, you, do you understand what I'm saying? How can mm-hmm. you make sense of lynchings? Like when when you truly have displays of hatred. Yeah. Um, it, it almost, to me, becomes a mockery of those instances. It, it becomes a mockery of those people's actual suffering mm-hmm. when you have a person who says, well, I, I, would, I would like to dress up in women's clothing, um, you know, and, and I, I would like to actually call that non-binary. Mm-hmm. I'm a biological male. I don't want to be actually called a woman, but I want to wear women's clothing um, and I don't actually want to use female pronouns or male pronouns. I would prefer that you use they and them. And and then the person who says, I will not tell a lie about your design. Yeah. Every square inch of the cells in your body tell you that you are male. I, I am I am not going to be complicit in that. And then we say, well, that's hatred. We say that's hateful. Title IX of the Education Amendments of 1972 regulates every public K-12 school, college, and university in the nation, prohibiting discrimination on the basis of sex. As a result, Title IX impacts tens of millions of children and parents. On July 12, 2022, the U.S. Department of Education published in the Federal Register a notice of proposed rulemaking to rewrite the federal regulations that implement Title IX to expand the law's scope without congressional approval to include sexual orientation and gender identity. This will have devastating effects on parental rights, on a child's well-being, on people's First Amendment rights. I want you to think about a teacher who cannot tell the truth about her students. You think about whether or not that would put a teacher's job in jeopardy if the teacher can't tell the truth about what is clearly before him or her, we, we are, we're already seeing this happen. Yeah. 
And yet we have an administration that is really set on reshaping America and, and starting with you, starting with reshaping your convictions. So what can we do as concerned citizens? What can we do? Well, we have until September 12th to submit a public comment. And as I'm learning about this and even asking questions of this myself, um, us submitting, those who are concerned, submitting a public comment can put a pause on this rule, can put a pause on these desires and these plans that are in the mm. works. Now, I, I want to say something um, because all of these public comments, as they are called, have to be addressed. And, and let me make sure to get this information in before we go to the phone lines. Um, if you go to AFA.net, if you go to AFA.net, you will see on the home page um, an action alert that says stop Biden's LGBTQ redefinition of sex. If you click on that link, you can read more information about um, this this proposed change or rewrite of Title IX. And then in that story, you will see file your comment in opposition to this proposed rule. Now, you might think um, this won't make a difference. You might think this is not always oh, like I'm calling my senator or something like that. But actually, when we talk about filing a comment, this actually does make a difference because those objections have to be responded to. Yeah. They have, it has to be taken into consideration. And so what we really need is we need a groundswell of people who have a problem with robbing children of their innocence. We need parents and grandparents. We need teachers. We need administrators. We need community leaders. We need religious leaders to rise up and to say, leave our children alone. We need to ask about the potential cost of this. These are another mm -hmm. one of those objections that you might raise that would stop the implementation of this rewrite. Right. What about the cost of this? What if children what if children are pulled out of school because the parents deem it an unsafe environment for them? Hmm. Then that that actually has some dollars attached to it because it federal dollars follow little tots in, in, in seats. And so when you don't have tots in seats, then those schools don't have dollars. And so these are the things that we need to take into consideration. When you go to AFA.net, you will learn about this proposed change. You'll be able to submit your comment and all of the information that is necessary mm -hmm. in your submission of a comment is included in the form that is available when you go to AFA.net, AFA.net. All right. Um, I'll, I'll kind of weave some more of this in and out of the conversation, but I do want to get some calls in today. Um, 888-589-8840, 888-589-8840. Will the Great, where are we going? Okay, let's go to Davion in Texas. Hi, Davion. Hi. Hello. So, hey, yeah, so my opinion was that the educators definitely, well, first of all, I want to say this all, this, this whole thing starts, when they begin to take Christianity out of the schools. That's when this whole thing started. But after that, then that's when the LGBTQ community came into the schools. It's like it's it's, it's like they, they're they're weaving the new world order in there. Like they're taking the Christianity out of the schools, they're taking all the things that were that the American foundation was built on and they're weaving in all of the New World Order things and all of the abominations to God. Mm. And they're making it seem like a norm to America. As as um, someone said who was speaking earlier on the radio, they're making it 
a norm to our new generation, Mm -hmm. basically tricking our newer generation into believing that this is the right way. This is, you know, for some people, all they know is, you know, Boys in the Hood, the movies, hey, we grew up off Ice Cube and Wootoo. You know, some people, that's all they know. So, you know, and that's all they grew up off of in their past, you know, with their family. So now with these kids, all they're knowing is this LGBTQ thing that's being put in front of me, this yeah. COVID thing that's being put in front of me, this vaccine thing being put in front of me. I'm, I'm having to compete against people that's not even my same sex that doesn't even have the same amount of strength as me, but we're both competing for the same scholarship. Yeah, no, look, Davian, I'm, <laughs> I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna argue with you about um, the sinister motives. And, and I will look, I agree that when we remove God, right from, from, and I say remove God, people understand what, what I mean when I say that the Lord, <laughs> the Lord God fills the earth. The glory of God fills the earth. Basically, the witness turn and their back on God. Turn their back on God. You know, and and I gotta t- I gotta tell you, this this has been happening in our government schools oh, for wow. a very long time. For a while. In fact, if you trace it back, if you do the research, and you look at the switch, you 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 look at um, the schooling schedule and the moves to to wrestle kids away from their parents at younger and younger and younger ages, right? Mm. Like it's like, we need to hold on to them for as long as we possibly can. And we need to make sure that their indoctrination is complete, right? Like by the time we're done, their indoctrination must be complete. I'll say this and then we'll go back to the phone lines. Um, Government schools can do all they want to, to attempt to oust God and, and to remove the knowledge of God from, you know, their instruction and all of those things. But I can tell you this, it should not be true of Christian homes in America. Come on. Come on. I can, I can tell you this, your Christian home ain't got to worry about no title nine. Sorry. I know that that's (laughs) not, you know, and I do at this point have to say I homeschool. I sure do. (laughs) Um, But, but I can tell you that, that the Lord, um, the Lord expects, the Lord has commanded for us to instruct and to train our children. And so we have to be guilty of doing that inside our homes, right? Our kids are going to go out into the world. And this is what I say. Um, this is what I say to my, my, my fellow uh, homeschooling comrades, because there, there are some issues I feel like on the homeschooling side where, you know, there is this thought of like, well, I just homeschool and that's enough. Uh, no, it's not. Okay. I'm <laughs> sorry. No, it's not because you're homeschooling and you got your kids in sort of a Mayberry Right. You, you, you got a Mayberry type environment at home. But when you shoot those arrows out, they're going out into Babylon. Right. So it's, it's not right. enough just to say, well, I, I taught them science at my kitchen table. No, you actually got to teach them how to live. Come on. You, you got you got to teach them how to live what it is that you say you believe. Right. You, you've you've got to ensure as best you can that this becomes their conviction as well. And so what does that mean? Well, you've got to refine. You've got to press. You've got to probe. You've got to ask questions. You've got to listen to their questions. You've got to wrestle with their questions. Like this, this is teaching entire living. It's, it's not just math at my kitchen table. It is trying to shape this next generation. It is trying, it, it is the attempt to tell of the goodness of God that he is worthy to be worshiped. He mm-hmm. is worthy to be followed. There is none greater than him. What, it, what it, I think it was, um, I think it's in, in Isaiah. I think it's in Isaiah 
where um, Isaiah the prophet says that God says of himself, it may not be Isaiah, and forgive me for, for not remembering this correctly, but where God says, if there's another God, I don't know him. <laughs> if, there's a, if there's another one, I don't know him. I mean, come on. Like, <laughs> this is the Lord God that we're inviting our children to know. Amen. It's, it's not. Okay, let's go back to the phone lines. Will the Great, where are we going? Let's go to David in Iowa. Hi, David. Hey, Will and Nick, uh, Mickey, thanks for taking my call. You guys, you're speaking uh, directly into my life right now with my 17-year-old son who um, identifies as, I guess, non-binary, but mm. he wants to do drag and he wants to, uh, he says he's going to get sex change and, and he has some learning disabilities as part of it. He's kind of on the autism spectrum, but I'll tell you, it's the hardest thing, the pressure to give in mm. and just say, okay, we're going to affirm you for the sake of you so that you'll feel good about yourself when you're really exposing them to the greatest lie that's ever been perpetrated, um, that they are something that God did not create them to be. Mm. And we, I mean, our kids, uh, he's told us, he hates us. We're, we're bigoted. We are homophobic. We are all this. But everything out there is supporting <laughs> them to say, okay, be who you really are. I'm going to be who I really am. Mm. And to, I, I, I will not tell them a lie. And I tell them that. I said, you know what? I love you. I will accept you no matter what you do. I'll always love you. But because I love you, I'm never going to tell you something that scripture doesn't say that is, a, uh, you know, for the sake of acceptance. I'm not going to do it. That mm. would be uh, I, in my conscience, in my heart. I cannot do that. It's the toughest thing. I have Christian friends that have affirmed their, uh, you oh. know, um, lesbian daughter. And I'm just like, what are you doing? Mm. What are you doing? I mean, um, and it is the hardest thing to stand because you're you're ridiculed for it in this in this society wow david wow hold the line david hold the line continue on in your testimony about who god is and his worthiness to be praised his worthiness to be submitted to what you're doing and i you know listen i cannot i don't understand exactly what you're going through and what you just described there But I can tell you that every believer, every follower of the Lord Jesus Christ will have a crossroads of sorts where you are faced with the choice. Do I continue to tell the truth about who God is or do I go along just so that I am comfortable? And look, I don't know what other people's scenarios look like, but I will tell you that each of us will be faced with that. Why? Because it's one thing for us to say, oh, Lord, I'm willing to die for you. Right. But then to find ourselves in a situation where roosters are crowing. Oh, I don't you know, it's it's one thing to in the in the moment where it's like, I love the Lord and I will do. But no, but when the rubber really meets the road, is Jesus worthy? And the way that we live is the best expression of that conviction that Jesus is worthy. David, hold the line. I'm, I, I will tell you that t- tonight you will be in our family's prayers. Our prayers will be for you and for your son. This is radical confusion, and the end of it is eternal destruction. It's, it's not that they would just have, you know, it's not that they would just have a hard life now. You understand, the enemy plays a long game. 
It is for the destruction. It is for the eternal destruction of our children. And anybody who really loves their kid and believes the truth of scripture could not be complicit in a lie that sentences their child to eternal destruction. I understand to the liberals, this is a mad woman speaking. This is a raving lunatic. But for the sake of following Christ, I mean, here, here we stand, right? What else can we do? All right, David, God bless you. Um, We're out of time until tomorrow. Lord willing. God bless.